Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Hello, apps here from Dimp Digital. Welcome to Idle Game Chat. This is the weekly video games podcast where we give our impressions of the games that you can play today and react to the latest news from the wonderful world of video games. We're here every Monday on your favourite podcast app and YouTube absolutely free. I am once again joined by the reigning Dimp Digital Gaming Quiz Champion. It's Tom Atkins, not Adcock. How's it going? Yeah, not too shabby. Been out on the piss, I've heard. Yeah, I did have a cock. The Elvino did flow. (laughs) (laughs) I suffered a little bit. Cool. Just a couple of indoor bevies. It will get on top of you. Uh, Yeah. But that's, that's what happened. I've actually got a beer here I'm about to open. Tempest Brewing Company, Ooh. Vermont Sessions, 4.6% Hazy Session IPA. So let's open this up and give it a fucking whirl. Fresh out of the fucking fridge. Didn't go everywhere. What's, cool, smells good. What what makes it become a session? Is it? And I thought it was anything under 4.5, but well, it's the thing with five with the old brew dogs. Um, their session IPA, which I think's Dead Pony Club, that's about three and a half percent, and that's kind of like what I would it's expect what? to be get. If I'm on a session, that's what it's trying to tell me. You can have thirty of these and be fine, but four point six percent is stronger than most lagers. Um, yeah. So I don't know what makes it a session. Um, what is it? Let's have a look. Beerwolf.com. What is a session? Uh, it's not a full fat IPA nor a pale ale nor a British seasonal, uh, British styled sessionable pale ale. Instead, it fit. Oh, it's fucking garbage. Some Venn diagram. To people who know the beer, the Pixel Pint guys will know this better than me. You tell me, and then I'll reveal it what it is. I, I can't be looking over this live. Well, it's not live, but I have to fucking edit it out. But that um, that's their that's their shtick anyway. The beers, but that um, this Vermont sessions tastes alright after one sip. But we'll see how it goes. We've got a couple of cans in here, and it is a celebration episode, big one. Yeah. Games of the generation. So, cool. people may remember, long time fan or short term fans now, um, on the road to next gen, which is now current gen, we were talking through each of the platforms and the specific games that came out on those platforms. So we've done a, a PlayStation 4 episode and we did an Xbox One episode and then we did a Best of the Rest episode, which was like Switch, fucking PC, whatever, whatever else don't fit into those. But this is, they're, they're in their own segregated vacuum episode. So, you know, there's no real competition there. This is the big boy shit now. We're going to run through Dimp Digital's nominations for games of the generation and eventually game of the generation and then crown that winner and the uh, the way we're doing it is it's time based so from the start of the eighth generation which was the 15th of november 2013 until the 9th of november 2020 so anything on the 10th onwards is cut so for example assassin's creed valhalla 
was released on the 10th of November. That is not eligible for this particular awards. Spoilers, it weren't going to get in the fucking top rankings anyway. And then double spoilers for Ninja Next Gen. It ain't going to be on that final list. If it is, we've had a horrible generation. And not that it's a bad game. But if that's the best that's been churned out, I think we're in for being worried. Um, <laughs> But that's your cut-off point. Ubisoft have blown it. They come out on the 10th. You're part of this ninth gen, as far as we're concerned. And like I said, it's not platform-specific now. This is It doesn't have to be PlayStation or Xbox. It can come from the Switch. It can come from the fucking Wii U, if it wants. If it came out after on the 15th of November after. PC, obviously mobile. The lot is here. So that's how we're doing it. And uh, we will crack on and get to that. But... Idle Game Chat has a Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Idle Game Chat. You can go there to chuck some money our way and help out of the show, put hand in pocket, all that good shit. Now, we've had to boil this list down to six games, which is a tough ask with these with these no platform restrictions. Um, how does that make you feel about boiling an entire generation down to six games? Is it fair? It's tough. It's but they've got to make the what's your cut off? You know, mm. <laughs> you've got to have a cut. I'll include them all. We'll see. You've got you've got to be the best. Yes, be the best to be on this <laughs> fucking list. And um, we've excluded remasters, yeah. so they're cut. But allowed remakes. So, for example, this is not. I'm not saying this is definitely on the list or not on the list. Resident Evil Two would be eligible, but. The Last of Us Remastered wouldn't. That's all people need to know. That's how it's working. That's what we came up with. We put our heads together and came out of that rule. Sue me if it's wrong, but I can tell you it ain't. So we're going to run through these six games, briefly chat about them, uh, do a little bit of analysis on the six as a total. got a few interesting facts and figures and whatnot. Then do our personal picks and then do some honourable mentions and finally, cap off the winner of this game of the generation for Dimp Digital. So we're going to start with the most recent games that are on this list and then work our way to the older ones. Save the old boys to the last. Because I think some of the newer ones, people will be like, yeah, I expected that. As time goes on, they may be mm. unsuspecting for what appears on this list of six games. It's not bad around the bush. We've got The Last of Us Part 2 here, 19th of June 2020. Drucker's back in action, builds off the platform of the very successful The Last of Us. Huge pressure on this mm. game, I feel, given how you know universally acclaimed the first ones, how much the fans loved the original Last of Us. There's huge pressure here, and you'd be forgiven for saying, look, these boys, they've got a good formula down The Last of Us. Let's play it safe. Um, but they don't do that. This is a, a, a brave, brave sequel that changes direction quite quite heavily, um, let's just say. And they almost, not purposely, I don't think, but they went against the grain and done a lot of things that have upset a lot of people. And critically, very well, well received. Going to be one of the best games of this year, no doubt. Um, and it's just scoring on Open Critic up in the top one or two, depending on the day it's fighting out of Hades at the moment. Um, oh. But the fanfare, good lord, the the blowback and poison and toxicity that this churned out. I, a lot of people may be shocked to see it in this list, but I think generally within the Dimp 
realm, we were all everyone that played it was a, a big fan of this and sort of applauded the the braveness of of, of Naughty Dog here. That was how worry going into it, like the build up is obviously the excitement, but it was just that how that question of how do they topple the first one? Why are they meddling? Like, people are saying, yeah. That was a bit, yeah, that was the biggest thing as well. People said we don't need a sequel, and it didn't really. No. But then they announced it. They did obviously the business needs a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stop that that cash cow coming through, and we get the sequel. And yeah, um, just amazed at how they they answered that question of how can we make this better than the first, and mm. did like you say, not playing it safe. They no. could have easily easily just carbon copy just carried it on just done the same sort of thing up up the res yeah done a bit that different but stuck to the grain mm. instead they went against it and churned out an absolute fucking brilliant game yeah i think one of the things that we we got caught up in talking about when we mentioned the last of us part two is the narrative and that we don't like to, to spoil things in case people haven't played it, but that's certainly the highlight here and the way the narrative is structured, the way it's told, you know, it fits so well into a video game format that I don't know if you could get away with doing it on a... You certainly couldn't do it in a film. You would need a, a long-running TV series to do this and, and pull it off as well as Naughty Dog have. So that's great. But I don't know if we, I don't know if we give enough credit to some of the gameplay enhancements they made um, just mechanically when it comes to the combat and the, the design, having much more open areas and giving you far more tools of the trade to take out your enemies. Just to be able to go prone was just... I mean, yeah. we're giving it credit for, for quite basic things here, but they some of these things fundamentally changed how the game was played. Yeah. Even, like, what was it, the inclusion of, like, a little grapple hook? Yeah. Which, you know, the, most games probably have them these days, but... Just that sort of inclusion, it just made it a nice sequel. Mm. But yeah, the, the gameplay, like that's the thing, because the first game was such a narrative-driven game as well, and obviously this one is too. But yeah, the, got to say, the combat does take a sort of backseat, but it shouldn't because it is, it's, it's a lot of fun. I think that's what a lot of people's criticism was of the first game, that mm. it was just focused on narrative and maybe the combat wasn't that sort of innovative and, yeah. and the main focus. But this one, it just the sort of little things you can do, um, it's just remarkable. I mean, like, I think I mentioned in the last pod that I was watching these videos and there's like people like going into the little tiny things that you would never notice in the yeah. game. Things like if you leave your character idle, the sort of things they'll do, the conversations they'll have. Yeah. If you do, you can somehow use physics with that grappling hook and wrap it around certain things yeah, and pull yeah. yourself up insane insane yeah, for, for a game that was much expanded and much <clears throat> longer and bigger than its original the the attention to detail that was retained is phenomenal and uh, mm. graphically it's a stunner it's bleak but it's a stunner like they've got this yeah. it just looks beautiful I mean I don't know if it is the best looking game of the generation but it's one of them. It'll be, again, if ever we did a, a graphics podcast, which we definitely won't, 
Um, this would be on the shortlist for sure because it's just stunning to look at and stunning to play and stunning in motion, which is sometimes where some games fall down. They look fucking excellent in a screenshot. And then when you play it, you're like, oh, it looks all right. This just looks fuck, fucking amazing when you're playing it in so, motion. forgot that it came out in June. Uh, normally, like, I can't remember what year, what time of year the last, the first one come out. But I think it was June again. Of, June again, was it? It seems like that sort of bleakness. You'd be happy, like it'd be this sort of time in the year when it's dark at four o'clock. Everything's depressing, yeah. <laughs> cold outside. This that's in the peak of the summer when everything's glorious and sunshine, and then you've got fucking forty hours of bleakness in to deal with. June fourteenth, it came out twenty thirteen, the original, and this was June nineteenth, so just days apart, seven years on. Um, fucking end. I'm, he waits for it. Yeah, that's he it. Yeah. We got delayed, didn't it? It's supposed to be with us in May, and then COVID was cited as, a, as an issue. Then the leaks happened. Then there was like, oh, it's coming out in June. It's like, well, hang on a minute, that's like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about them legs, the poor bastards. Yeah, nasty, nasty Luckily, bastards. Yeah, we managed to get away with that. But stunning game deserves to be on the list. And like with the PS3, the Last of Us, really the swan song of the PS4 in this case. I know we had Ghost of Tsushima afterwards, which is a stunning game in its own right. But I feel like this was the the kind of the culmination of the PS4 and. Um, be interesting to see where they go next so, if they do bother going anywhere next of it. Yeah, Drackman just fucking sits there for a whole generation, just watches people churning out all these games. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm just building that knowledge. Mm. Just gains every little thing from it, and then right at the end of the console, he just pulls out a banger and goes, "Yeah, that con that generation was mine." <laughs> I'll, I'll take the title for that. Yeah, it's a it's a special game for sure. Um, we have to move back in time. Over two years before we get to our next game, 20th of April, 2018, God of War, Kratos, what's he fucking doing back, this fucking madman, who gives a fuck about Kratos, well we've said it before, but this, pardon? Fucking farting about dancing in fucking Fortnite now. Oh yeah, I saw that, yeah. (laughs) happened to him, he's... He's had a sip of the fucking wine after bubbly after he's fucking made it big. And now he's fucking on the blow and now he's fucking dancing with Kojima on fucking Fortnite. Yeah, it's madness, <laughs> isn't it? Fortunately. Long time, long time fan of mm. the franchise. And was always expecting, just a, well, to be fair, I was just expecting a another sequel, to be honest. Uh, they were always talking about a reboot, but... Yeah. Um, wasn't expecting so much of a reboot and if i did think it would be that then uh, i would have been worried to think well is it going to cut it with this north mythology you know it's always been greek yeah. it's always been this boring character except just an angry dude mm. an angry warrior and yeah they just again a bit like the last of us they i think they learned from that story of narrative driven side and was like Let's flesh out Kratos as a character. Yeah. Pretty much go for a full reboot, um, but still retaining some of the sort of core elements of the game. It's still, you know, it's not a sort of um, uh, like a box standard hack and slash, but it does still have those 
hack and slash combat elements. Mm. Can't even fucking jump, which is no, no, insane. It wasn't needed because yeah, the reboot was a real leap from the thing, and again, another fucking beauty. Yeah, stunning. I mean, my little tagline for God of War is that pound for pound, it's the best video game out there. And that's a that's a title that co- that can change and is, is previously been held by others. I think back to probably back in the day, Ocarina of Time would have had it. That, that Zelda game that would have been pound for pound the best game for a long time. Uh, but I really truly think now that God of War has taken that that particular crown. I think it's so well rounded. It just oh. it, it has great story. It has great combat. It has great exploration. Um, the the world building they put in there, the it's a it's <laughs> it's a lesson in how to have a companion with you for the whole game and not be annoying or in the way to actually make that companion useful. Um, and play Resident Evil Five, Five, yeah, with that Shiva, and then play that after you've just played God of War, yeah, and you will truly understand how how well they've done that companion, yeah. It's it's really like even we I mean, one of the one of the things that the, the especially the original Last of Us was dinged for was that Ellie was always just bumbling around hitting clickers and stuff and getting away with it. And I know God of War is not a stealth game, but they didn't have to worry about that. But they still implemented Atreus really well, and he's never a pain in the ass. And there's so, there's little subtle things you can do with him to help you out in certain situations. And I love that he's just kind of involved in the peripheral. He's not required, but he will help you get you out of a jam. He's not always constantly getting grabbed and you having to break him up. Yes, it can happen, but it's very rarely a problem and will cost you, you know, a checkpoint or, or, or you know, dying or whatever. It's just, yeah, it's a stunning looking game. It has all the, the elements of a modern video game and bashes them all out of the park and says yeah what else you got for me and to be honest i haven't got much else to throw against it to, to put it up to the test because it's it passes with flying colors for pretty much everything i look for in a, in a video game these days and uh yeah it's it's a uh, you know that there's no guarantees that this is going to be this good for sure or any good because you know we you'd, you'd mentioned previously being a long time fan that it maybe had soured a little bit over time in the yeah. sort of the later entries, and then going a different direction, you run the risk of upsetting the fans like you. Like, well, I want my I want my Kratos back. I want to be able to jump. And then there's people like me who've only done God of War three remastered, coming along, going, well, what we what we got here? And <laughs> I think they've done a great job of getting the old people on board and all the new guys as well, and told a story that made sense for both. Um, this is now a like a, a cornerstone, like a pillar of the Sony first-party lineup, uh, which it simply, you know, probably hadn't been for a long time. In all honesty, no, no, it's more PS2 era, I'd say. Free, mm. free did do very well at the time, um, but yeah, that was sort of stand out. But then again, like I say, they released uh, Ascension, that wasn't very great. Yeah. They focused a lot on some of the handheld games as well, which for handheld games they were right, but obviously weren't knocking down fucking barriers or anything. <laughs> and then they jump one and fucking... Well, I still can't... It still baffles me when I started... I was recently on the PlayStation 5, booted it up and started a bit of a new game plus with the intention of going through it and just remembering how it all... Obviously, it wasn't done, but the, the way it's all cut is in its one take. One, yeah. 
thing and it's just seamless. Everything cuts into each everything. And it's just blows my mind that does that's such an underrated aspect of some games like the the non-fade into black like the continuous camera movements i mean this this one doesn't cut away does it i think is the thing it's just one continuous swinging camera uh, which is mind-blowing i think it cheats maybe once or twice i'm watching the documentary on it but still mind-blowing but even games where there's just no fade to black like i'm playing a lot of valhalla at the moment and Mm. it just it's it's so subtle, but it really does just disconnect you from that moment and realise that you're still playing a video game. I think of games like God of War where it, where it doesn't do that. I don't think The Last of Us Part Two does it either. And I know that Red Dead Redemption doesn't do it either. Red Dead Two, like, and it really makes a it has a real positive impact on the way I kind of take in these games. And it's something that a lot of people just won't notice, but I think subtly it builds that immersion. When there's so many things that could take you out of it, that's one thing that they can they keep you sucked in and focused on the on the video game. Um, wish more right. people would do it, but yeah, yeah, It'd be interesting to see if they do make a God of War five or whatever. Oh no, we got was it Ragnarok? Mm. It? It's already been confirmed. If they um, carry that into the new game, I think once you've done it once, that's it. Yeah, Corey, you've made the promise. Now you can't go back on it, mate. That's it. People will be going, oh, fucking hell, he's cheated on it. Yeah, it's, it's like when your missus starts making your sandwiches for lunch, like when you go to work, and you think, cool, oh, can't be going without those. If they suddenly stop, there'll be an argument. And she's well within her rights to stop. It's hard work making them sandwiches, and all you do is moan about them half the time. But you as a, as a, as a connoisseur of your sandwiches, you think, cool, oh, where have they gone? I was looking forward to that on a Thursday. Yeah, oh, well, I have to go and get a McDonald's. Then that argument pipes up. You're having too many takeaways. It's like, wow, make the sandwiches. I like them. <laughs> so once you've given something, you can't take it back. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so Corey, listen. Corey, listen. Hey. It ain't the it ain't this Vermont Sessions talking? This is proper analysis, giving you tips, mate. Um, <laughs> but we we will do like a hopefully. I keep saying we'll do all these things and we never get round to it, but like a hype list of 2021 and uh, that'll be on the list for sure and we'll talk about the next game. But that's, it's great to have... It's, this is a, What I love about God of War is it's an established franchise. It, it bought what was old, made it new again, got new fans on board, satisfied the old fans, critically a success and just so well-rounded. So well-rounded. That fucking axe... Best oh. tool in video games. Unless yeah. I can have that for for this generation and see if it can get knocked off its fucking crown again. But I remember that like that Gears of War Lancer thinking that was such a revolutionary weapon mm. and tool. It's like, oh it's so fun to use to be able to cut people in half and then shoot at the same time. Yeah. And then he pulls that axe out and you're like, pisses all over that silly little lancer i remember vividly like getting into that game and just like the opening piece of combat where you just attack like four or five like quite fodder enemies you know by the time you get midway through they're not a problem but just the first swing of the axe and connected with one of them i just thought this feels so fucking good and i've just swung this fucker once then i threw it and summoned it back and i was like how are they going to keep this up? And they do. They keep it up with new runes and whatnot and other surprises down the line that keep the combat fresh. And, uh, yeah, stunner. God of War, well done. Well done. Move back another year. 2017, rat. 
Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Technically a Wii U port, because yeah. when on Wii U, then released on the day that the Switch came out. I mean, that's a great launch game <laughs> for the Switch. Yeah, I forget. I always forget that was part of the Wii U. Do they still make games for the Wii U? Or has that been cut? I don't know. I think a lot of them have stopped. Have stopped now. Like that's why there's. I think one of them's like Devil's Third is like a really expensive game to buy on the second-hand market because it's out of print. So if you've got a new version of that lying around, um, you could sell it on eBay to a collector, and they would be after it. So I think it's all over on that front. I mean, like, I don't know stop. if Nintendo are still making games for the Switch, I'm honest. They fucking dried right up. I was going to say, they haven't had a barren year. <laughs> Talking of barren, the Legend of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it baffles me with that still. Um, but yeah, what a, uh, a launch lineup. And our first console to get day one <laughs> is to start fucking uh, Zelda. And there was a lot of hype to it. Not, yes. Not hype. Um, and again, another deviation in uh, sort of, not a reboot, but... Like a formula change, wasn't it? Huge yeah, change. But, so you, like, it, did, it took away the sort of box standard dungeons um, yeah. and replaced it with these shrines. Um, the structure of the whole game, the fact that it was like an open world and you could go straight to the boss if you wanted to. Yeah. If you want to do it, it's, it really isn't. The thing that I, the biggest takeaway from this game for me was, it just still blows my mind, is the physics. It's almost like a yeah. fucking Half-Life game. It, yeah, you're right. That's true. Like, that's definitely a standout of how you, your rune powers your weapons interact with your enemies and the surrounding environment and the way fire fucking spreads. Um, the way that I, I remember one time I had a, I was carrying five apples and I was like, right, I'm just going to put these apples down and I was going to cook them by a little fire. Fucking wind picked up and blew them off the edge of the cliff and they were gone. And I was like, cool, that's my fucking apples. I've lost them. <laughs> but you can use all that to your advantage in combat and then you combine that with like the rune powers... And mm. you, the more you experiment with those powers, the more you will yield out of this game. And the more that you you adventure and go off into, you know, the, the nooks and crannies of the world, very rarely. And I've, I've, re, I've played the game through once properly, probably tried it a couple of other times after that and then fallen by the wayside. But honestly, I think three times I've been I've run around on that great plateau, like the opening tutorial... Every single time I've found something I didn't find the first time or the second time or even the third time. Like, yeah. it's crazy how many little surprises and Kurok seeds and puzzles are lying around in that game if you choose to go out and look for them. Now, if you like yeah. your traditional kind of objective-based games, I can see where Breath of the Wild wouldn't really suit you, but if you're happy just to sort of wander off and make, make what you will of it, you'll be handsomely rewarded throughout every moment of this game because it's truly packed full of surprises even on the surface as though you said it, it does appear to be a barren kind of wasteland but you'll be yeah. finding those those puzzles and shrines all over the place yeah we're probably just so used to like ubisoft bloke feels mm. every fucking some looking areas fucking around the corner and you've got open worlds full of shit i'm chasing do, paper so. around the village now i'm like what am i doing here <laughs> <laughs> that probably wasn't us breath of fresh air really yeah pun intended but um 
No, well, it was. That was like, especially now it's art style as well. There's like, mm-hmm. there's almost like a, it's all crafted its own genre. You now have like two recent games that have come out, um, Genshin's Impact yes. and Mortal's Phoenix Rising, and people are calling them sort of Breath of the Wild style, the Breath of the Wild style graphics. And just because it has that sort of anime, sort of cartoonish look, um, it just really does. Like you, you know that the Zelda's the top of the bill, and they're never going to be able to replicate that. But mm. it's just like a, such a nice looking game, and like you said earlier, what a fucking banger to start start the generation off on on the on the Switch. Nintendo Switch. Yeah, another thing, like if you you can see something in the world, you can get there like you can wander over there and climb it like it's a vast landscape but if you can see it you can get to it because you can climb up any any kind of you know wall or mountain as long as you've got the stamina for it so yeah you can make a, a real good go at this the, the environment's great you know the weather changes and whatnot i remember at one point when it's when a storm kicks up if you've got a metal sword out it will attract <laughs> the lightning oh, so, now that i didn't know that was going to happen i was walking through a forest with that fucking thing <laughs> it fucking blows sudden, you away sure well you got three arts you've killed me in one lightning yeah. bolt absolute fucking even like the old there's like the um chili like the cut you go up into a frozen mountain so if you have like a bowl of hot food or something that will make your it'll make you like withstand the cold for a little bit longer yes. then again if you have like, cold resistant if you're going up in a mountain stuff it's just there's little bits like that just sort of incredible for a, a nintendo game at the end of the day you know aimed at children mainly yeah you them kiddies oh. loving it but yeah great game breath of the wild i think it deserves its place on this list and you know any one of these games could end up being the fucking winner so we'll see at the end whether that's taking the championship or not um we're back to naughty dog They've nope. they've managed to creep two on the list. Uncharted four, tenth of May, twenty sixteen. I I fucking love this game. <laughs> I really enjoyed playing through Uncharted four. The campaign was just it's a really it's just an excellent single player campaign. And the I'd played through the first three you know Uncharted games and they were great. And two specifically kind of stood out last. Well, last last generation now um, as being a bit of a milestone, but Uncharted Four changing up the the narrative direction just so slightly, making just to give it some more serious undertones, retaining all the happy go lucky charm of of Nathan Drake, building yeah. up that this is a thieves' end, so this could be his last ever outing, and introducing grappling hooks and all sorts, and expanding like they did a bit of it in the Last of Us Two, made the landscapes a little bit bigger, so you've got more options, yeah. And, them, them set pieces not to be rivaled really from any studio at this at this rate take it away with Uncharted 4 because you platinum this bastard oh dear yeah it was just such a joy to play such a brilliant story again not a reboot but it was a big change in personnel as well you had um, Hennig sacked Hennig sacked what did she do she chucked it in for visceral or, uh, yeah I think like, yeah, yeah probably, she ended up over there doing that Star Wars game that got been <laughs> she was like fucking hell so she was nothing happened there and again it was sort of in the lurch um always knew it was coming but then we was like right so what's fucking happened here who's gonna take over this and then they reveal that the co-partners that have just done the last of us yeah Drucker, 
Straley. Yeah. In you go, deal with fucking Nathan Drake and put your little take on him. Go get fucking mushroom zombies coming into Uncharted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you say, it was just, they'd done so fantastic. It kept the same sort of charm. Um, it didn't feel like too much of a deviation, even though it was more narrative driven than, say, one, two, and three. Um, again, implementing more combat with the use of the grappling hook. Yeah. Um, being able to like ride the, the car incredible yeah. there's a whole open section in that car like in that in that sorry in that campaign where you drive around in the jeep and that that particular segment of the game is a prototype for what become lost legacy which is the main meat of the game kind of like the, the, the expand alone or the spin-off or whatever you want to call it and then there's also a very similar section in the last of us part two where there's an open area there where you can go and explore at your leisure so all those routes and all those those ideas come back to 2016 10th of may uncharted 4 with nathan drake yeah incredible um but yeah and then even adding characters in this is a thing like nathan drake it was always a bit like it's the the fun set pieces were stand out and the characters like nathan drake such a likable character it's almost yeah. like a modern day indiana jones oh yeah yeah he's like that really fun character um you obviously had sully and sully. wife and then they managed to sh- chuck in uh, a new character mm. voiced by one troy baker and he was sort of heartwarmingly fun and you sort of warmed to him and cared about him as well. Yeah. Um, which is certainly quite hard to do, especially with a franchise, you know, on the fourth, some might say fifth because of the Vita game, but, um, Fuck that. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never actually played that. No, I'm surprised it wasn't in the, the Drake Mastered, uh, Remastered yeah. collection because it is Drake that's yeah. in that. Yeah, that's true. Um, Blue Point that did that, I think. Um, but yeah, um, so again, four four games in, and you're going right. Is a new character deal with this? Yeah. You know, no, no mention of him in the other ones. We'll just sneak him in, <laughs> and yeah, they've done a fantastic job. But yeah, it was just the gameplay. It was so fun to play, um, like the, the sort of melee combat, the guns, and mm. then using that rope, and then like you say, just going down, just. Exploration and the puzzles and the traversing around, like, and it's stunning. Again, it's Naughty Dog. You come to kind of just expect it, but a lot yeah. of games will not hit this level of fidelity and and graphical prowess. I think even some will struggle this gen. In all honesty, like yeah. it's that good. Uncharted for it looks that good in in segments and throughout the entire game. And they just don't miss a beat. These Naughty Dogs guys, they really do seem just to nail and get everything right they aim for. And, uh, yeah, uh, Uncharted 4, fantastic game. We've mentioned a lot about the single-player stuff. It did have a multiplayer component to it, sort of standard multiplayer, which was reasonably fun. Um, yeah, enjoyed that. But what I really liked was that, that version of Horde mode they had, because we actually played that for a fair few hours. That was a nice little surprise to have and play post-campaign. Cool, 60 FPS were running smooth as well. Mm. It was a nice little thing. Yeah, I do hope they do a, a patch for the new PlayStation 5. It's bundled in in the PS collection, so anyone that hasn't, do go and fucking play it. Because, yeah, if, it was a bit of a bolt on multiplayer, but it's definitely fun to be added there. Um, yeah. But that that campaign, whew. Yeah, absolute but, stunner. Could, I'll take another one all day long. But, oh, yeah. If it's that yeah. good, then absolutely. Yeah. 
because we we talked about bloat in many times during our chats, mm. which it just seems like it's part and parcel with a lot of games nowadays. Yeah. Uncharted Four is fucking lean as and doesn't feel like it's been chopped or changed or cut. It feels just right for a single player campaign that you could play you know periodically on and off and get a good bit of time out of it or you could smash it out over a weekend if you wanted to sit there and drill it and get mm. those big sessions in and you've be, you get treated to a lovely you know start middle and end of a story and uh i i do tend to appreciate the the, the shorter side of games it's not it's not like we're not talking six eight hours it's in the 15 to 17 hour range from what i remember yeah. And but that's just about perfect for me. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that all day long. Absolutely, right. We're back in May, but we've gone back a year again. 2015, 18th of May, The Witcher 3: Wild Hunt. Oh, Christ! Big Game of Thrones joy. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. A, I wasn't really a huge fan. I tried, I tried that fucking first game played it for about an hour and had to bin it I just couldn't get on with it um, too old which is and too shit forever on GOG yep on so good old game if you want to torture yourself torture yourself go back um, second I remember oh, Rod, oh, he's done it. Rodney uh, with his fucking gaming ways had to go through number two before he could play three mm. so plowed me way through number two which is a fantastic game in its own right and then we got three, which was huge. Um, was it? De- it wasn't a get another deviation, really, was it? The I don't know. I suppose two was a bit more linear than three is. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I've not played two, but my understanding was it wasn't full open worldish. It was kind of like two big areas, and that's right. Had those yeah. more linear moments for sure. And this was which of Wild Hunt, which of three Wild Hunt, so was full blown. Go off and do what you want. Um, and get lost in this world we've created. No, it was a full fat RPG. This was yeah. felt like it was nothing like Mass Effect, but I felt like that was my last proper RPG that I'd played. Right, yeah. Mass Effect Three, and was sort of wanting something of that elk. And then when this came out, it just it just started ticked all the boxes. Geralt, you know, like, again, they fleshed him out as a character. Yeah. Uh, the combat, just the way you can sort of, like, I suppose, just role-playing, you can change the, you, you can sort of mould Geralt to how you want to be, like, with his armour, mm-hmm. some of his perks. He could be someone who uses all these sort of resins and all this magic shit on his, rather than sort of being close-quarters combat. It's, yeah. It's so fun. And then it was the game that, sort of reinvented the side quest yeah made them actually relevant and yeah you know have some sort of depth to them not just throw away to it that i feel like was inherited from a lot of mmo fetch quest games this has eradicates all of that and every i would say every side quest in this game is worthwhile seeking out and playing like you'll yeah. get something out of it some of them give you quite hefty decisions to make that play out later on in another sort of side quest or a little Easter egg, you know, in, in the game later on. It always feels like there's a reason to do it because Geralt, you know, for lack of a better term, is a witcher, which is basically a mercenary and a contractor. So if there's money to be had, 
he'll be sn- sticking his nose in and saying, how can I make this money? And then sometimes you're left with some horrible decisions to make. And you're like, cool. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. I only went here to go just stop him before I went to Novigrad and carried on with the main quest, and now I'm enthralled in this bloody mess. <laughs> yeah. No, it is such a fucking fun thing to play. Mm. Um, I was going to say something, it's pretty good. Um, um, great music. Superb. Yeah. Fantastic music, in fact. One of, some of the best that I've uh, had in a game. And mm. the the world and environment feels alive with the weather and the wind and the, this sounds like really mundane shit but this it feels like a genuine um like world yeah. that you're you're roaring around in and, yeah um, so many the so atmospheric um it just yes. feels you know when you're in the fucking swamps with a load of fucking drowners you like <laughs> feel like ch- chucking your life in yeah <laughs> so good but I remember what I was going to say. It was on the it, the game's length. It's quite a meaty game. Oh yeah, it's a big bastard. Puts me off. I, I, I typically like the smaller games. So I feel like I can get through them and that. Mm. Every now and again, I will like a, a meat monster. But this game, it was just so much shit to do that was enjoyable. That I don't think ever in my playthrough, I was sort of like, "Cool, this is dragging. Get me to the end." Yeah, you it's know, always... it took me a while to finish it, but. It was just one of those games that you could just sink hours and hours into and you think, oh, yeah. it's so fun to play. And then, yeah, it just kept going and going and just didn't feel like a chore to play. Yes. no. I mean, one of the things I like, this is a small detail, but the fact that Geralt's beard would grow as, yeah. as, as time went on, which was taken to the next level in another game that we'll get to um, in our personal picks. But I was just amazed that I would be travelling around and I'd slowly see his beard growing. I was like, that's really cool. And uh, yeah, it was complemented by a fantastic expansion pass with DLC. And yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a superb open world RPG and, and really... You know, put the cat amongst the pigeons for these sloppy side quests if if you need to be doing them and adding them in. This makes you want to play them with the characters that you meet and the scrapes that you get into. And some of them are just like, even like comedy quests, the, the, where they end up, it's just hilarious. But there's some serious shit as well to be had if you go searching for it. It has all the great elements of like a, a, a modern RPG with levelling up and changing gear and, you know, all that good stuff. Gaining XP, collectibles and armor sets that you can go off and find you can really get yourself lost in doing all sorts of stuff here and uh it's a great adventure highly highly recommended here now final game on this top six which will eventually become one winner and five nominated games 24th of march 2015 so we're still in that 2015 from software collaborate with Ooh. that fucking Sony lot and release <laughs> this, this, this nemesis of yours. Yeah. Bloodborne. Ooh. The You've only played a handful of this, got to Gascoigne. Did, to... did you do Gascoigne over? Yeah, I did beat Gascoigne. Wait, Gascoigne I, off. So I think, yeah, I think he was the last boss I killed. I'm up to that fucker in the, uh, on the fucking tower of that Gatling gun. So it's, Literally oh, not yeah. that far at all. Old Yarnum, really. I think that is. Old Yarnum, that's it. Mm. Um, but this is—I like, said this in the when we were talking about the PlayStation generation, and this is the game that haunts me that I never <laughs> finished it because I know its prowess. I know how it's intimidating. 
Yeah, it is. And it's the my biggest regret of not getting this done before. Like I know I can still go back to it. That's the good thing about the PS5 being backwards yep. combat. So I've still got the chance, but Rodney won't accept it. It should have been done and focused <laughs> on it. Um, but yeah, just it's you know, when you hear about like the top games of the generation of any console, even mm. of all time, yeah, Born does get put into this. He's all, they're all, it's always up there. Yeah, it's so it's, it was my first from software game that I played, first Soulsborne as it's called now game, mm. and yes, very challenging at times, extremely in, intimidating, no real direction given. Dozens mm. of times I would end up at a dead end and think, where the fuck do I go next? And it required a level of support from, you know, experienced people that have played it. Um, and I kind of went to a community and was like asking questions and they would give me like cryptic answers enough for me to go by. I was like, okay, cool, to get me back on track. And I have a bit of a, I guess now a complicated relationship with the Front Software stuff in that I really do think Bloodborne's a, a great game and I enjoyed my playthrough. I think actually... I eventually named it as my personal game of the year in 2015. So I actually snipped The Witcher that year, which upset people. Um, but because I'd not been exposed to Dark Souls or Demon Souls before that, this is my first experience of it. And I do feel like those initial experiences are very special. You just get a real appreciation for level design in terms of not just, you know, how it looks, but the actual routes in which you can take alongside the shortcuts that you open up, how these worlds link together. And the real kicker for me in Bloodborne is that the combat's a bit faster paced. There's none of this hiding behind shield bollocks. You've got to, got to get in there, get out, dodge, maintain your stamina, really concentrate whilst you're playing. And then it's just set in this horrible, dingy, dark <laughs> world, which it, for me... I, I I did love Bloodborne, but the other from software games that have come after that haven't appealed to me enough to go back into it. I feel like it's because it is challenging. Like mm. from when you start the game until when you fin- and you've um, been for this with Sekiro until you yeah. finish it, it it eats you up a little bit because yeah. you know you're up against it and it's not always a pleasant experience. But you come out the other side of that and you feel you feel great about yourself and in order to hook me in you kind of need that it needs to come along with this interesting world and that's what Bloodborne was I just I loved all the creature designs the enemy designs it looked fucking great on the on the PS4 ran like a bit of a pig sometimes um awful load times when you die so very punishing but not having gone through one of those games before and to hear that even experienced souls people like salmons of the world the the agcocks they seem to put this one at the top of their list still so mm. they 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 did something special here and managed to drag me in for the for the one game will i go back and and try a demon souls i don't know we'll see but bloodborne was such a, a great game and again we talk about formulas we'd had dark souls one i think dark souls two by this point um yeah. this comes in and takes away the shields and, and all that good stuff retains all the stuff that makes it good just tweaks it enough for for experienced people like the salmons like the adcocks to come along and say oh this feels a bit different i'm gonna have to up my game and just puts you into this dark horrible world and intimidates you and bullies you and if you can get through it you will have a positive experience of it even though 
for many hours, you might not feel like it's been been that great. Having said all that, and it's not a diss at Bloodborne, it really puts up the barriers to people. I feel, yeah. and um, I don't know if there is a solution to that. Like, can you can you realistically make it more accessible? Because then do you lose what That's these fair. games are. I don't know, but Bloodborne, great game for 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 the eighth gen, and certainly a, a well <laughs> a well versed and a deserving nominee on this list, rounding out the six. What was Biff's quote of, of it? It was like having a eating a roast dinner for a straw. Yeah, that was it. It was like eating a roast dinner for a straw. You could tell it was all good there, but you're making it hard work for me to get through it, which yeah. I can I respect it, and appreciate. Like, yeah, There is this like, snobbiness to certain sections of the gaming community where it's like, oh, the Souls games are just the best games because they do this. They don't tell you the story. It's all lore, but it's like... It, fuck off like <laughs> don't get me wrong they're good they're on our list but don't be getting on your fucking high horse about it no, um, no. just because it has because other games have actual cutscenes with with characters in it um, <laughs> yeah. and show you where to go and don't fucking punish you so severely like yeah i think it's it's the the handheld that you're used to in gaming yeah. like no game to be chucked into it that's it's like you say it does sort of weed out the the weeds of game uh. it's great though because if you if you play it with and this probably goes for most of the games but particularly with Bloodborne if you can play it and have people that either you know or that you can contact that have been through it you can kind of bounce things off them and it feels like a bit of a collaborative experience that's quite cool because you don't really get that I'm not going to be doing that with Creed and UM I'm not going to be going Adkins I'm stuck on Valhalla can you um, help me out to get this bit of gold or whatever? Like, it's just not going to happen. Whereas, because no. of the the toughness of Bloodborne, you have you, there's a support network there you can lean on. It does make it a a rounded experience. But yeah, so seem to have quite a good community. There's a lot of trolls oh, yeah. on there, but yeah, like that. But certainly the ones that they're for helping and yeah, it is it's it's a community that's needed. Like yeah. you say, it's, then you're not asking that for Valhalla, but. No. No, it's one I definitely I can I'm more than happy for it to be on this list, having not completed it. But it's one that kills me to this day that I haven't finished. You'll get there one day. Um, yeah. Superb game, superb setting, superb atmosphere, great weapons, trick weapons, and changing the different types of weapons. Supreme combat, challenging as fuck, difficult, obtuse at times, but a well worth experience for those that that want to kind of go down that route and you kind of have to want to go down the route that's another thing you can't sort of half arse it it's not something just to be chipping away at you know once every couple of weeks you want to give this a good crack and you'll you'll reap the rewards of it superb game well that rounds out the six last of us part yep. two god of war breath of the wild uncharted four witcher three bloodborne now i went through the release dates on those interesting fact none of these games were released in this this well regarded and then it's like well it's the, it's the golden era or golden part of the year Q4 none of these games released in Q4 wow so the latest game we had was released in June everything else was, <laughs> was earlier on in the year so this narrative that all the best games come in November October December time the dimplots say no chance summer or before otherwise you've lost your chance the quarter of mediocre we call it yeah <laughs> That's it, overhyped and under-delivering since 1993. Um, four Sony slash PlayStation exclusive games on there. 
a, a, a domination on that list. One Nintendo game and then one multi-platform game. Now, we know Phil Spencer, friend of the show. Yep. This is a this is going to be a horrible listen for him, isn't it? Seeing that he didn't make it on the list at all. Because now, mate, Go- Guardians, Halo Five, Guardians. <laughs> that's not on there. A ten out of ten. That is. <laughs> so sweet, and that's that was just the narrative of the console war. Yeah. You know, air quotes console war. Um, Spanked. Just really did knock it out of the park in terms of exclusives and sales, but. Mm. And it was, it was just churning out banger after banger, and Xbox was sort of like, yeah, we've got, it's probably not our focus now. No. <laughs> I think they admitted defeat and went a different way, but it just, yeah, it's still incredible how they are still doing it. There's games like, we will, I'm sure we're going to mention, but um, they're still to this day churning out new IPs that tend to be bangers, bangers yeah. and bangers, and Xbox have got their own little group of games on there, but they just are night and day worse than the PlayStation bad boys. So yeah. it's no surprise that this six has, was it two, three PlayStation? Yes. For, Incredible. For the bastards, for the six. <laughs> oh. Crept on it. Um, Naughty Dog picking up two nominations in our list. Yep. Now, a lot of people were saying they went, they went, oi, hold on a minute, what are you fucks doing? I went, what are you talking about? And they went, I'm not talking to you, we're talking to you, Naughty Dog. Last gen, you churned out two new IPs and four games. This gen, you turned out two sequels and one spin-off. What are you doing? But <laughs> my belief is that having these two nominations on this Dimp Digital Games of the Year list, Games of the Generation, I should say, is uh, is showing that the quality over the quantity is sometimes the way to go, and I think in Naughty Dog's defence, the, the amount of attention to detail that goes into all their games, like that's just a sacrifice people are willing to have to make. Yeah, you're getting churned out once a year. You're getting. You're getting... We get to Creed levels of fatigue, which is everyone had until they did the Origin switch. Like I remember, we used to moan about that constantly. Another yeah. fucking Creed. We felt like we had to play them. <laughs> yeah, I got to that point. Sick cog campaigns every year. Oh. Yeah, this one's better. No, same shit. FIFA, same shit. That's what happens. You get this couple of good generation. You, they churn out a masterpiece. Mm. Tried and tested ways. Give them the fucking room. They'll deliver. Just give them the time. Now, personal picks. Four of the games and our personal picks are on on the main list so we won't go through them again that's the we both voted for the witcher 3 on our personal list last of us part 2 god of war then we deviated slightly you've put uncharted 4 on there so that's the sort of four of the six that we've already discussed so no need to talk about them anymore and there's two games that we both picked that um were on the were were not on the list but and and in our personal list and that's red dead redemption 2 Mm. crapped on not made the final six how does that sit with you is that hurtful? It is, but only on a personal level. Mm. Um, just because I did enjoy that more than obviously some like Bloodborne and probably say I'd rate it over Breath of the Wild personally, but yeah. I can I can totally sympathise that. But yeah, I just, again, this, this game is, is still incredible, just baffles. Another one of those games like Witcher where... 
you're churning out fucking more hours, I'd say, probably. like Yeah. I'm still only, I think I'm only about 80% complete, and that took about 90 to 100 hours. Like, cool. And again, a, a similar thing to Last of Us, where you, you didn't really need the sequel. The sort of, the first game was its own game. It was done. It didn't need a sequel. They decided to do it, and yeah, yeah. They, that was a whole new set of characters. Yeah, whole, whole different uh, prequel. Prequel. Always tricky to handle them, but I thought it was a stand-up job with Arthur and Co. And need more money. <laughs> What's his name? Dutch. Calm down, yeah. Dutch. I've got plenty. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like even putting. It's, when you think about it, like when you put it down on paper, the sort of mundane tasks that you're doing in this game, fucking yeah. in a camp, you're going out fucking hunting. I know. loved <laughs> what I loved about you mentioned the mundane. Remember, because quite a few of us got it, and Logan was one of them. I remember him saying, "I just quite enjoy waking up in the morning, getting my stew, having a coffee, and then setting out for the day." Like <laughs> he would spend like fifteen minutes at the start of every play day, uh, every play session, just having his stew and coffee, just setting himself right, having a chat with everyone around the camp, and then heading off. And I used to do the same. Yeah, um, it almost became like a bit of a life simulator. It's yeah. Like- yeah. It's a new version of The Sims. Mm. I can't, I've spent hours, I reckon, of that 90, I reckon 15 hours of that is probably me fishing. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. so good just to fish. It's brilliant. Um, like, the, there's a sense of, like, wilderness and wild and camping out on your own adventure. They really nailed that. Like, as much as it's a Western game, it felt like a lot more like a an outdoors-type game as well. Got a feeling. Getting close with nature, that fucking dynamic hair and beard growth, that was... Yeah. I used to fucking love that, having a clean shave, shaving the head, then just heading off for weeks on end, coming back and looking at a state, having a good old bath in one of those pubs. I am... Um, yeah. Great, great story. Great... Uh, we mentioned about the no cutaways. It's another one where it cuts away, but the, the there's no dark screens. Like, it just all seamlessly transitions from cutscene into gameplay. Yeah. Huge game. Um, well, a gorgeous game Gorgeous. As well. For its size and scope, I mm. mean, again, we mentioned Uncharted 4 looking great. This is right up there with the likes of that and The Last of Us Part 2, and arguably the scope on this is bigger than both of those games, like in terms of Vista and what you can actually go off and do. This was like the king of open worlds, wasn't it? It was just like how... A- each town feels different. Yeah. Journey towards like, how to properly do a horse, mm. horseback riding, you know, which are free is stunning. Fucking game. roach. I'll slaughter that fucker by the end of the game, but don't let you. No, but this, you actually felt like a connection to your horse. Yeah. And fucking, you could chuck that dyna- dynamically lose your horse and you'd be fucking heartbroken. Yeah. Uh, Come off cliff once and it died and I was absolutely fucking cut up about that sometimes you're literally stranded in the fucking middle of nowhere if you're up on top of a mountain or something you chuck <laughs> it sure you've got like a fucking six mile walk back to yeah. the next camp yeah. unless you try and rob someone but it was just like that just going from town to town and on your way the dynamic sort of fucking um like jumps would happen fucking yeah. someone hijack you or something and it was just such a living and breathing world yeah um, it, that's the thing like, in terms of like a world of other people and animals and an ecosystem this might have been the best of the lot um yeah. it felt like it felt legitimate how they 
coded all that and put that in place and how people interacted with not just you but others around you if you just sort of watched them you'd be like cool what's he doing over there people yeah. fucking fighting and rolling around in the dirt and god damn it makes you want to go back and play that game from scratch and and then we're not even mentioned like the old multiplayer that's now sort of taken on a life literally this week yeah just it's gone yeah standalone five uk pans you can get access to that on its own and it's sort of made like a new life a bit like the gta online it's taken it's sort of toll on its own and mm. that's something i do wish i'd put more time into and certainly want to go back into it now it's had multiple patches and stuff yeah oh, um, it always te- teases me to go back in but mm. red dead 2 great game uh story's excellent i really feel like this is a great arc of arthur and uh, and whatnot and the way it kind of subtly ties back into the first game it keeps you on your toes and you you're you're interested to see john marston rocking around before you you know get to know him as a, as a character and see what he's like and see mm. how he operates and uncles lurking about and all the people in that camp all have their own characteristics and chat and problems and you can chat to them they all feel fleshed out well written and rockstar I feel like it's a bit of a shame that it doesn't make it to the final six because it was such an epic game, but it makes our personal list and that's all that matters. Get it broadcasted out. Fucking thank it. Right, that's your personal, your five done, your personal picks. I've got one more. Yeah. Um, not the most critically acclaimed game. Some people fucking hate this game, but I fucking love it. It's The Last Guardian. The mm-hmm. game that I never expected to like and ended up falling in love with. Didn't expect to come Different. out. Oh, well. No, <laughs> it was dead, wasn't it, for fucking eight years? Um, certainly flawed. Well, yeah, certainly flawed. I can definitely see that for sure. But such a special game um, yeah. to, to roar through with, with Trico and build companionship. and Yeah, that really is a... Is a, a little gem, I think. I fucking yeah. adore this game. And yeah, these type of games in a generation, and they're just so different from anything you've ever played. Yeah, you know, some people won't like it because it's so different, and like you call it, they'll call it janky or whatnot. But yeah, this adds to its charm in some ways. It really does like click with people. Obviously, this clicked with yourself, and I think I think your hype for it was what got me intrigued to play through it. I did play through it to be honest. I did enjoy it. Mm. Very good game. Um it's part of that sort of thing and being a big fan of like Shadow Colossus and that. Um I'd love to play through it. I think they there was some way they managed to do like a a sixty FPS patch and it looks so nice. Yeah. Being... You have to have the disc version so and then don't download the day one patch and then it's unlocked frame rate. So I'm hoping that they just apply it to the newest patch for the PS5 infrastructure because I'll go back and play that in a heartbeat. I definitely will. Yeah, that's a a gorgeous game for its time as well. Fun art style. Sort of a sort of mishmash. It sort of had like an anime. Did he have a name, the character? I can't remember if he did now. Just called him Boy, but Boy Boy. sounds like fucking Kratos, but um, (laughs) he was sort of like cartoony anime style and mm. then Trico was just, just bizarre creature but so realistic and lifelike the way feathers moved and stuff and yeah, and his, his mannerisms how he traversed how he reacted to things like it felt like you were looking after a great big fucking pet and i think that's where <laughs> some people bonded with it, is it felt like he was your pet 
So mm. throughout the game, he's you know he's looking after you pretty much because he's much more powerful than what you are, and he's helping you get through the puzzles. But you've always got that that troublesome thought that what if something happens to to Trico, and that's where you know the the, the game's narrative kind of. I, feel, I mean, I've played Ico and, and Shadow of the Colossus, both great games, but I was just surprised that The Last Guard had cutscenes in it, like, to flesh out the story. I was not expecting that, because they've been so minimal in their storytelling before, and then just to see, like, even establishing cutscenes and then ones midway through the game, I was like, this is this is great. It's a great little step up um, for the for the games that have fallen into this, this sort of trilogy they've got. And, yeah... Really connected with that, so the last garden goes on the list. I know people don't like it, but unlucky because I bloody loved it. Yeah. Now honourable mentions, and these are very brief mentions. They they don't get their quite their time in the sun. So you take away your list, and then I'll reveal any differences and plus ones on mine. Yeah. Um, so again, sticking with a lot of the PlayStation ones, uh, I thought a little mention to Horizon Zero Dawn. Yep. Agreed. Game that we both loved, open world, new, new IP. IP, beautiful. Robot dinosaurs, that's all you need to know. <laughs> Get it played. Gorgeous game. Then they come out with a <clears throat> completely different studio, but again, PlayStation, PS4 Spider Man. Yep. Marvel Spider Man, and it was, it was the perfect comic book game. Yep. Now getting remasters of it. Again, if you need, if you have a PS4 or PS5, Get it and play it. Yeah, it's a great game. Um, I then went with Inside. Yeah, technically for one for some point it was a play, an Xbox exclusive. Yeah, at one point it was. Yeah, point. So maybe I've got managed to sneak one in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it. You know, people call these indie games, but this was just full of style. Mm. Beautiful little game. Go through it again. Um, Another thing that these games get called are walking simulators, which I, I do really like. These games are typically short, mm. gorgeous games, um, so I have to stick in Edith Finch. Yeah, great game. The best very, of that genre, for sure. Yeah, a narrative-driven, great game. Get that played as well. Should be on everyone's list. Doom, for yeah. me, uh, FPS, a great sort of renovation and of like doom the it's like you know when you think of first person shooters this is almost probably not the but you know like the sort of start of our first person shooters um and they've rebooted that and modernized it and it's just a fucking wicked game to play with um for me probably doom eternal is the better game for me i fucking yeah. love that game um but yeah, had to mention that. And then again, sticking with reboots and remakes, I've gone for Resident Evil 2 remake. Yep. Cool yep. fucking game. Reinvented horror. Yes. Survival horror, which we thought was lost in Resident Evil after playing four, five, well, not four, but five and six, certainly. Yeah. Head in the water. Um, and again, and then my last one would be Sekiro. Yeah. My first. Not my first entry to the Soulsborne games, but after battling with battle, uh, Bloodborne and mm. sort of almost tapping out, I then my biggest thing was that was that I, I I love a narrative, and this game sort of had more of a story than the other games. Well, Biff said he's skipping through it all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, the story is great, and it's set in Japan and something something that I'm quite interested in as Gene well. Fuming at that. 
yeah, but just that it, it was it, well, it was a joy to play, but a fucking hard joy. Um, yeah, I think this playing it and completing it was what sort of spurred me on to get through it. Yeah, if that weak uh, piss can do it, then exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just a, a all round. It's all, the rewards of playing that game. I'm sure it's the same with Bloodborne that each boss you sort of killed, you just such a satisfaction of after fucking attempting each one to yeah. fifteen times again. But yeah, a, a great game, critically acclaimed. So that's my little honourable mentions. Sweet. So I'll mention the ones that were missing off mine. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Um, absolute stunner. I fucking love this game. And I don't even, I played Super Mario Galaxy on the Wii, but not too many other 3D Mario games. And I bloody love Mario Odyssey. I think it's excellent. I even went back to it earlier this year to finish off like a, a fucking vendetta I'd set three years ago to finish yeah. off like the chasing Peach around the, the... It sounds a bit creepy now, but chasing Pe- Peach around the, the, the planets and the Odyssey places. And uh, uh, yeah, great take on the, on the 3D Mario formula. I think it's a superb game. Life is Strange has snuck onto the honourable mentions now. That's awesome. That was like the sort of end of the Telltale series. It was yes. done by someone else. Well, basically, because I love the Telltale games and always knew there were, there were limitations to them. They were reasonably shallow. And it felt like Life is Strange came along and kind of still had some of those problems. Like, technically, doesn't look the best. Lip sync, all that stuff, but told it kind of out telltale telltale in a, in a yeah. new and interesting way uh, options felt far more dynamic and and whatnot and a great sort of original story put don't nod on the map for me so i've started following and playing pretty much all their games since then uh, although i miss vampire which is a bit of a, a change of direction but i will get to one day i've had to chuck destiny on there and this could just be destiny one and two just because in the dimp lot we spent hundreds of hours playing this raiding having a good time together well trying to have a good time together getting pissed up on wine sitting there for six and a half hours doing one raid you can't take away those moments despite all the the arguments and and poison that came out of it in its at its best destiny was a fantastic game at its worst it was breaking up marriages so that's the sort of spectrum that destiny falls on another multiplayer game Overwatch, I felt like that brought all of us together for, you know, a few months, if not half a year, and we was all jumping in. At one point, we was jumping into the ranked games, for goodness sake. Well, when was the last time you saw an Adkins in a ranked competitive game, getting that- getting labelled medals and whatnot? <laughs> Still eluding that gold medal. Uh, that was absolute yeah. disaster. But no, I'm not typically. A t- I, I never play online games. I'm a single player guy. But mm. that did break the mould for all of for a few of us. And yeah. obviously the boys that are on it are always on it. Loving life. Death Stranding. Chuck that in there because I mean, yeah. 110 hours building roads. Enough said. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's a great game. <laughs> Disco Disco Elysium. Mm-hmm. excellent RPG really unique game a lot of reading but tells a great story gives you fantastic choices in how to tackle certain things and a really unique way of um, getting to know your character and, and learning more about them and how to tackle things superb game if you're interested in older older school RPGs that this is a must play and then I've been kind and chucked Ghost of Tsushima on there because 
yeah. this open world formula. We've had we've had the best of the best in The Witcher, and then we've had the Creed likes where we we accept Creed because there's nice casual playthrough, but they're bloated to fuck and not really that interesting. I feel like Ghost of Tsushima brings a different kind of model towards the open world narrative driven stories like this felt unique and stood out looked yeah. gorgeous great setting excellent combat and yes it has the the kind of falls into some of the traps that some typical open world games fall into but it had just enough uniqueness there following foxes sitting in spring baths fucking learning new stances by looking at hardcore hard people getting new gear side quests are excellent like it had enough there to set it aside and think this is actually a really good traditional open world rpg um and looking forward to what sucker punch can do uh, after ghost of tsushima so that's it top tip that's the honorable mentions if you're gonna go mobile <laughs> go on, what was that pokemon go oh yeah chuck that in there chuck that in sensation um, Got us all going down the going down the fucking South Church Park or whatever it was. <laughs> that was it. Having a run round on our, our summer afternoons. And that was that was a scene. Everyone was playing that. Yeah. Nana playing it. And that's when you know something's hit big. <laughs> right. Time to reveal the big one. And we're not sure. gonna go fucking drag this out and then spend another twenty minutes talking about it because we've done all six of these great games in in relative detail and we've kind of touched on a lot of them in previous podcasts in the run up to this. So this there's a lot of this may have been re- repetition. So if you sat there over an hour thinking I've heard all this, then you should have logged off hours ago and just binned it because you've heard a lot of it before. But you're here to find out the winner. Who takes home the crown of Dimp Digital's game of the generation it's going to come down to one of these six. It's going to come down to The Last of Us Part 2, God of War, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Uncharted 4 Thieves' End, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, and Bloodborne. There can only be one winner. And in what was, you know, in terms of the voting and how we get to this, this situation, it was a bit of a landslide. And the, the winner of Dimp Digital's Game of the Generation is... Destiny! It stings in with a title. It's taken Game of the Decade, and now it's taken... (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, it's not Destiny. But it is The Last of Us Part 2. Now, The Last of Us original got Game of the Decade... And now The Last of Us Part 2 has set itself up with a, you know, well, will it still be thought of in 10 years' time? Yeah. But, you yeah, know, it's, it's got a game the generation title now, so it's set itself off on a, on a good, good good start, really. Yeah. Oh, it's so deserved. Fucking brilliant game, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see if they do if they do stick with a third, get, get one done, stick at the end of this gen, and yeah. we'll be doing Again in fucking ten years, seven years time. Game of the generation, Last of Us Part Three. The final uh, trilogy. There you go. You've just had a promotion to co-president. Yeah. Druckerman. But now you've got the fucking icing on the cake. You've now got the game of the de- generation from yeah. Dim Digital. It was up I- against it as well, because there was <laughs> them leaks that came out. Oh. Then the the just the 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 poison that seeped out of the the game for those that many of those that hadn't played it, it just made assumptions based on um 
you know the leaks they'd read or someone telling them a misinf you know information spread in and there was there was a true like quelly like an underground level of negativity being yeah pushed towards the last of us part two but it's- luckily in most cases i think those that i mean there's people that don't like it regardless and i think that's kind of why i like it a bit more is that it didn't yeah. it didn't play up to your feelings it didn't it didn't run the you know the safety play and go right let's just keep everyone happy with what we've had and keep the the formula and give everyone the, the feel good story let's really challenge people let's challenge people's perspectives and their their perception of what's good what's bad why people are doing things and it really succeeds on a narrative front. It's enjoyable to play, looks great, and well-deserved game of the generation in my eyes. Uh, yeah. Superb set of six games, though. Can't take it away. And it's actually been, I don't know, pretty good gen, I think. Like All yeah. in all. I know we haven't had the new... One thing people will say is that we didn't have many new IPs. No. I felt like we got a lot of refinement and... Mm the refinement sometimes is better than just a new idea that's sort of half delivered. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that statement. Definitely. But the ones that did come out, I mean that, yeah, they're just increasing the, the worlds and stories of the ones that are there. Mm. But just, it's just made me so more excited. The games are just getting better and better every generation. And I think that's, that's the key is that, there were some fantastic games on the 360 and PS3 and during during that era, but I feel like they've they've stepped up and they they are getting better. You know, mm. whether it's in terms of the more mature storytelling or more nuanced storytelling or well rounded. These the stories and that they're now being turned into films. They're now being mm. turned into TV series. Now the films have always been there, but they've typically been shit really. Yeah. <laughs> no buzzing around but the series now you're now getting decent reviews series but The Last of Us coming out well not coming out but been greenlit and certainly on its way which is now established yeah you know it's actually thought of good so there's hype around it you're getting animes from Castlevania it's just showing you Uncharted how lurking exactly yep Tom Holland um, and it just, just shows you that how the gaming industry is increasing all the time with like these better writers and better mm. games. They're, they're being talked about more, you know, like GTA five has sold more fucking games, uh, more fucking copies than some of these Hollywood films. Mm. It's incredible, really. And just exciting for the future. Yeah. Great generation. I hope those of you that were embarked on the eighth generation enjoyed it. And I hope that, if you can get one, you can you can jump into the ninth gen and enjoy that as well because I do truly believe, and that's a great statement to end on, Ray Atkins, what you said, games are just getting better and better with, revi- with refinement, with new ideas, with fidelity, with experience in writing for the, the medium. It's, it's a positive... When you put these six games down and say these are some of the best and there's dozens more, just below them, like just a smidge below these six that are on some days just as good like you really are sport for choice on how many great games you can go and play doesn't matter what genre you're interested in there's something there for you now and uh although this these six might not epitomize every corner of gaming in terms of like rpgs and multiplayer and other genres you could come up with another six on any genre and they'd be pretty good games i can almost guarantee that so that's it 
game over for this particular week. We'll be back next week. Should be the quiz next week. Cool. If something goes wrong, but look forward to that. Follow us on the old socials at Dimp Digital. And uh, if you stumbled across us, you can find Idle Game Chat on any good podcast app. Yeah. Big week with Cyberpunk. Mm -hmm. Delays in review copies caused controversy (laughs) among the fans. Yeah. So for those on the, so we've got the quiz next week. That should be that and that. Then the uh, the fantasy gaming league is coming to a head. Everything will the champion both championships basically hinge on Cyberpunk. Um, we've got the the team game or the the championship game between Paper and Biff, and Paper's got all his games out. They're all they're all out there. He's got a score of eight oh one. Biff's on a score of seven six two, but he's got one game remaining, which is Cyberpunk. Now our rules are that the game has to have been out and reviewed before the end of the tenth of December. So if at midnight on the day that Cyberpunk comes out, or on, so when it, when we get to the eleventh, if it's not there, he could get a blank, and that'll cost Biff the title because I can't see it scoring less than forty or whatever he needs. It's going to get, it can't, it can't score that badly. <laughs> if they all come on the eleventh, he'll lose. He needs the, the the open critic score needs to be there at some point on the tenth of December. Is it three reviews to get a score? It's either three or five, yeah. Oh, that's right. So I think for Biff's side, he's fine. Like if it, if if he gets a score, I don't think it's going to be low enough. Like it's got to be less than forty for it to, you know, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Where it gets really interesting is in the in the Grand Prix. You're currently in the lead. You've yeah. posted a eight oh four score. Uh, no one, no one else can catch you who's posted other ten game rosters. Only one person remains who can, and it's Chappers. He's sitting on a seven two one, so eighty odd points adrift. So he needs Cyberpunk to come out. He needs those reviews to be published on the tenth. He needs the open critic score on the tenth, but he has to get a minimum of like eighty odd points, uh, which. Given the hype of Cyberpunk, you'd think it's fine. Yeah. But if only five reviews get published and one of them's quite negative, it won't take a lot to drag down five reviews um, and and put them at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Like if it comes out and doesn't get the high get a high enough score out of the gate, and then not enough re- reviews sort of land to to bring it up. You could be walking around the championship, Adkins. <laughs> I have this glimmer of hope. But, you know, I don't think for certain that if it comes out, I, I don't think it's... Uh, well, actually, was it 84 it's got to be? Yeah. Then, then maybe a chance it could be, if it's a bug-ridden mess. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. It could be an ace. There is still a chance, but... Like you say, with the hype of this game, I think my main focus is if I can get... The trouble is it costs me Biff. If if it, if it does this, I do win the... the what's it called? But poor old Biff will suffer. <laughs> but, yeah. My, well, what my if it comes of, out and posts to 70, you still win and Biff wins? That's true, yeah. Yeah, I'll go for that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all kinds of head. On the socials, you can follow us and you'll that will be... Uh, come it depends when these reviews are dropping because we're hearing conflicted information that the code might have got there late all this good stuff like open critics what we go off there needs to be a score posted on the 10th of december it will run up until 11 11 59 
on that on that Thursday. And it, we could all wake up on Thursday and they're already posted and it's all game over. But if it's taking longer than expected, it could be a deadline day like none other. It's never been this close in both championships. Like it's coming down to the very last major game of the year. So stay tuned and uh, we'll have the fallout in podcast form in a couple of weeks or so. But um, yeah. we'll call this one to an end. Mm-hmm. Nothing more for us to say apart from thanks for your time and ta-da. This was a Dimp Digital production.